Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, Before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not, I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none. Uh, They are awesome. They rock. Uh, Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have uh, a special quote unquote special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, and then that maybe, maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple months off. I personally would never leave teachhoops.com, but you have that option and, uh, it's great. So go over and check it out. Teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. Possession with contact with their head up. That's my, like, I don't know about you, what you think, but that was like a big focus for me. You know, being able to be strong with the ball, take contact, not lose it, and still be in uh, half poise. Right. You know, all these two ball dribble, it, it, I don't know, I think it helps to some level, but I think. I think it, it initially helps. Like it's helping, it's helped my son who's going to be uh, a sophomore. <clears throat> it's helped him initially now to the point where he's competent with the ball. Yeah. Now we got to get him stronger. So. Yeah. I think I think it's the part of the progression. The problem is it's the beginning part of the progression. Right. People spending time when they shouldn't be, they should have moved back beyond that to something else. Um, I think so. I, we don't have to talk much about it, but I know that you're the same way. I'm sure you see players that once they master something, they want to stick. You know, it's human nature. Right. What you're good at to go and stay with it, and that's the same thing in coaching. If uh, I would tell young coaches, if you love coaching post players you need to go learn how to coach the guards or if right. you feel like you're a, a a zone guy or whatever you you need to try to experience the other side if nothing else it helps you learn how to guard it right. that was what i tried to do and you coach when you started i wanted to learn everything about offense everything i could because i was like i may not like it but i want to have it as an option and plus i right. want to know how it doesn't work 
And so you don't need 8,000 different unique drills either. That's the thing is find something right. that teaches a skill well, tweak it, and you can't give them ice cream for dinner every night. I realize that. But you can tweak things that are good. Your core, you know. Yeah, that's why I was going to get back to the books if you want. That's why yeah, I put the book, drill book out. Yep. I put out a book about uh, Kansas. Bill Self is high-low, the dribble ball screen offense, and how to run that. And I'm selling those. I, I gave them away at the start, but then I tried to sell them on Amazon really cheap, like four bucks or something. Right. Um, I, you know, they're over 100 pages, and I took all the offense and basically broke it down, and then I broke down how to teach it. I think you can buy a lot of uh, playbooks that have plays, and then you're like, how do I teach it? Why does it work? Where does it work? And what kind of players? And I was wanting to do that sort of a give back, I guess. And I did that with the dribble drive. I'm doing that with the Spurs and uh, Golden State Warriors right now. I'm doing a new book on that that will be coming out. But uh, my big thing on the Princeton, it's uh, coachprincetonbasketball.com. That's my website. Um, you know, and if you're interested in the books, that's on coachdeforest.com. So I usually give away, uh, you know, when I first published a book on Amazon, I'll, I'll have like three days. They let me give them away free. Right. And I just – that wants it, I, you know, I, I'm just trying to hit, I mean, you know. So, yeah, so, so everyone that's, so I usually tell people are driving, they're, they're, they're either driving, they're jogging, they're doing something when they listen to a podcast, rarely people sit in their living room and listen to a podcast. Sure. So what I will do is when we're done, I, you will email me all your contact stuff and I'll put it down in the show notes for people. So, you know, keep running fast is what I tell people on these podcasts. Keep going. Um, <laughs> keep working. It's working. Keep running. Do some sprint stuff. You want to lose that belly fat. I've just read an article on that. So don't do the long distances. Do some sprint work. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it is true. So I'll put it all in the show notes, everything, all his contact information, all that stuff down there. So when people um, are listening to this and they go back and they get home and they want to find your stuff, they can. Um, sure. All right. Is there anything else on your journey? Then I'm going to go through my questions. Yeah. Well, not really. I think what I would tell uh, younger coaches that uh, that are probably waiting on your turn. It will. I promise that it'll come. The opportunity will come. The one that you're waiting on. You need to do the best job you can where you're at. Yep. And you have to be willing to take a risk a little bit. I think it's more valuable. I don't know how you feel about it. Getting head coaching experience as young as you can regardless of win and loss record. Yep. Go in there, learn what it takes to run a program, learn what it takes to deal with parents, fundraise, um, all that kind of thing. I mean, I, you I think You might have to move. You might have to change quick. jobs. Yeah. That's right. Don't, yeah. I, I, I know some coaches that have been assistants for 20 years waiting on the head coach to retire or something like that. And I, I respect that, but that was never for me. And I think it's more fun to get out and make a bunch of mistakes and learn from it and grow. And, yep. Uh, you yep. know, I think it's the most valuable thing. It's not necessarily what basketball brings to you. It's what you learn through basketball. Right. You know, you know and I, I didn't get the first head job I applied for. I was, I was an assistant. Oh, I, or, I was an assistant or six or seven. I, yeah, I was a, an assistant or six or seven guys. I'm going to tell you, and I've said this before on the podcast, I took a piece of each of them and that became right. me. You know, I like this. I don't like any of this. Right. This. I mean, that's what you need to do. And if you, if you, if you only work for one person, if you don't experience being, you, you got to go experience. And that, that's what, what we talked about before on this is you got to go out and work camps. You'll meet other guys. You'll agree with some of them. You won't agree with some of them. It's right. just, that's part of the, you know, and you'll know what the kind of guy you want to work for someday. Cause you want to be a head coach at the college level. 
you're going to be an assistant and you're going to be a recruiter before that can happen. That's exactly right. That's, that's the different, that's the only difference, uh, you know, is the recruiting piece and that's such a huge piece. We don't even have to have time to go into that. Right. But, but that's, that's, I mean, cool. if you can't recruit and you're an assistant, you don't have a job. You don't have a job and it's all about recruiting. I mean, it's, you have to win that game before you step out in the court. And there's a few guys like Bo Ryan. Right. That, that they're exceptional. So, I wouldn't plan – I mean, you may be exceptional if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. but I wouldn't set myself up and say, I'm just going to be one of the top ten greatest teachers of the game in history. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there's two types of coaches. There's coaches with players and there's ex-coaches. There's That's true. <laughs> you, <laughs> Good way to look all, at it. You can have all the X's and O's. You better have some players first that you need yeah. to teach them the X's and O's. Yeah, that's that's the biggest lesson, too. Uh, when I was taking these early jobs, I'd worked for Travis Ford uh, – as a student assistant uh, for two years there when he first started at Eastern Kentucky, went on to Oklahoma State, you know, was at UMass for a while now at St. Louis. Um, and he had guys on staff like John Brannon, who's now the head coach at Northern Kentucky. They were in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Chad Dollar, who's now at uh, South Florida. I mean, he had a – I didn't know at the time. You know, I'm, right. I didn't know. I, my dad coached for 30 years. I helped my dad. I learned from my dad. Then I went and right. played. I was wanting to be a coach. I knew that much, you know, and so I just – I was like, I couldn't play at the Division One level. Right. I knew that. So I was like, hey, let me be a part. But learning from those guys and seeing that is exactly what you said. I think I can handle it there. I see – but their vision, you do have to have vision, I think, and belief in yourself and know why you're doing it. Right. Um, if you're doing it for uh, – to say money is a hilarious statement, but if you're doing it just to – Hey, look at me, ego reasons. It's going to be difficult to get out there and still stick with it because early on, if you're a head coach, it's going to be tough to get one of those good jobs. I mean, you're going to have to pay your dues yep. and move around and, like you said, sacrifice. So you're going to have to sacrifice. All right, yep. let's go through some of the questions I got here real quick before we do sure. my rapid fire. So if you could only do three things at practice, what would they be? Only three? Only three. That's such a – that's a good question. Are you talking about drills, plays? I'm just saying uh, the, the <laughs> you're not the first one to be frustrated. I'm just saying you I can only do three things at practice. You can only do three things at practice. Okay, offense, defense, and Whatever transition. you want. They could be drill, whatever. That's the three things I would work on, offense, okay. defense, transition. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. No, <laughs> no one's I mean, answered that way. I, yeah, that, isn't that funny? <laughs> what else is there? But, no, I, I like if, if I only could do three things in a short amount of time. One of the drills that I got that I – from uh, San Antonio that I heard Coach Bobovich once, and he, he said he loved this drill. So I was like, okay, he loves a drill. Let me write this down. Um, he, he would play – he would have scrimmage games running your offense, okay, but he would have it called stop and score. So the only way you can score a point is if you get a defensive stop and your team scores on the other end. And so you had to get three to win the game. So you put ten minutes on the clock. Both teams go, but you don't. So if you get a stop, but then you don't score, it doesn't count. So you have to get a stop and score. And what he said is he's practicing his team to make runs. He said, because the NBA is such a game of runs, um, I'm practicing my team to make runs. So when I call timeout, let's get a stop and a score. Use the same terminology. I thought that was a brilliant drill. And again, I'm going to add to this because I, I run yeah, a variation of this. Yeah, so go ahead. I call, I call it stop, score, stop. Okay. So we got to stop them. So yep. my guys, we'll, we'll be in a timeout and I go, hey, we almost got this. We need a stop. We need a score and we need a stop. And they're dead. We got them. Yep. So we do that. 
And then I'll also play the game where it's a score, stop, score. But usually it's stop, score. Because think about it down the stretch. What do you really need mm-hmm. to do? You need to stop them. Yeah, that's right. You need to get a score, and then you need to stop them again, and then you're in control. You know, those three possessions kill them. And that's the game we play. It's similar to, it's similar to that. Um, it's great. I mean, my yeah, guys, if I say do. that, stop, score, stop, they just their eyes just get about this big because they know we're going to win this thing. Especially when you've been working on it and they have that mentality. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that drill. I know uh, there's a lot of coaches do variations. we got to get three stops in a row and stuff. And I think, I think eventually that's difficult yeah. to do. And yeah. I think players buddy up. Yeah. Uh, help get through the drill sometimes. But, yeah, I think the other drill is a simple one. Everybody's done, you know, the four on the baseline, the transition drill. Yep. You pick, you know, you're working on constant transitions or you're working on your offense and defense and outnumber situations and talking. I think you can get a lot done in that drill. It's a simple drill. But if you do it right, you get one or two back and you're sprinting back, you're protecting the lane, you're matching up, hands up. You can work on all your defensive principles with the added element of transition, I think I would, you know, I would do that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Finally, I, I think if you work on, uh, you know, I think I work on special situations every day. Uh, it just depends on, you know, I, I'll do weird places to take the ball out, time and score situations. But yep. I think you got to work on that every day because everything <laughs> else, keep going, nothing keep else going. matters, Coach. Nothing else matters when – you're working on all these different drills. We got a whole playbook of drills. We got 500 drills, okay? Yep. And you graded all the drills, but when it comes down to it, does your team know what to do? 30 seconds left, up four, 30 seconds left, down three. I mean, you know, and if you don't and you try to explain it and they don't know how to, there's another skill of looking at the board and translating that board. Whatever, if you use a board, some coaches don't. I, I think you have to. But I do. Draw up on the board and being able to translate that to the court. And I think if you don't work on that skill, it's It's crazy. So two things that you mentioned, so I don't forget. First one is talking, lost art, lost art, lost art. If you don't talk, you don't play for me. That's the first thing. And then I went and grabbed my big stack. These are, these are um, three by fives. Each of them has a different situation. So I have like, I don't know, like two, 300. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting waiting for my kids. I'll write down a situation. Like the first one says 30 seconds left. I don't even know. I'd have to read up to, you know, mm-hmm. and it gives a score. It gives where they're in the bonus, blah, blah, blah. And I've, I've made these up over the last 10 years. Yeah. And I'll go over to my assistant and say, go grab three of them. Because I don't, I don't want to know either. Right. It's I don't want fun. the kids. And then we put it up on the board and we go. And it's just, it's, it's That's fun. putting them in a I, situation. I need to be more fun with mine. I was more, re- I, I feel like more regimented. I had a, I had a, uh, like a playbook base, uh, a separate thing. And I had all the time in score situations. And then, I just always had it with me and uh, the assistant too. But I practiced uh, – you have to pr- – I practiced drawing up, you know, those sets, learning those things. And, and it's good to have a multiple – one set that works against man and zone. And I'm right. sure you did the same thing where, okay, your best player's fouled out, he's fouled out, yeah, or he's out. Yeah, they're all <laughs> – and I think that's something else that uh, – we talked about talking, we talked about transition defense, and then the third thing I think, special situations, which is my whole other podcast. But yeah. yeah, that's a whole different thing. All right, so um, if you could go back to yourself as a younger coach and you could only tell yourself one thing, what would you tell yourself? Hey, everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'm going to do a big shout-out to our two other podcasts, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidekick. Um, I do talk about them often, but I don't give them a spotlight – they are great. High School Hoops Talks Weekly, we talk about kind of what you're going through. Like, we've been doing a lot of um, COVID right now because that's where we are and and what happened with that, how we're reacting to it. And 
and teacher side gig is teachers kind of looking at themselves and how they can make a little extra money on the side. And, uh, yeah, it's just me giving back to a little bit to, to all the teachers out there that I know have to do that. So um, also subscribe and like this podcast and go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, let's head back to the podcast. I think be patient. Uh, I think that uh, there's no question that I was impatient. I felt like, well, I mean, you worked. I worked for a guy that was one step away from, you know, Rick Pitino, mm-hmm. and he was emulating everything I think that he'd learned from him. And so you feel like this certain level of confidence that you have that doesn't necessarily translate to the high school game. You know, right. uh, you know, it's a whole different mentality because you, like I said before, you try to mimic the people that you learn this game from. You try to emulate what they do, and uh, and when you get older, you realize, okay, that's probably not the best way I could have handled that. Because right. I'll tell you this. The first team I was ever the coach, uh, I was a head coach. Uh, man, I'm sorry if you guys are listening. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a rough um, it was rough for them just because the standard was so high and we didn't have a lot of talent. But I tell you what, they worked hard. One of the teams I'm most proud of that I ever coached. But and I'm sure you have teams like yeah. that too. Maybe didn't look great. If you looked at it on a stat, why? Or you looked at it in a newspaper, you'd be like. That was nothing. But if you look back at what they were able to do, and a lot of it had to do with because we were so young, you know, sophomores trying to play in a varsity game. But that's what I would tell myself. I would say, hey, listen, be patient. It's going to work out. Okay. If you could, if you could, in one sentence, say your coaching philosophy, what would that be? Yeah, one sentence. I would say, uh, I would say uh, no turnovers, um, no turnovers, no layups, good shots. That's always the big three that I always – like I told my team every – that's what we worked on. We're not ever – I had a game where we had uh, one turnover. That was as close as I ever was to perfect in a, in a, in a game because we worked on it every day. Right. Ball toughness stuff and, and that kind of thing. It's but, a math teacher in me too. It's like every time you turn the ball over, it's a six-point turnaround. It's yeah. three we can score and it's three they can score. That shift is huge, guys. We don't even have a shot. So, I'm that's big – that's a big Bo Ryan thing. Yeah. Um, if you could talk to one coach – for one hour, who would it be and why? Well, do they uh, – Anybody. The guy that's passed on, that, yeah, that I, that I really enjoyed, I, I went to his camps when I was young, Don Meyer. Uh, he was a really big influence of me when I was a uh, seventh grade coach, I'm telling you. I went to his camp in Lipscomb. I lived in Kentucky, and it was a life-changing experience for me, this guy – so wise, um, just a man before a, his time. Wasn't he? I mean, oh I don't know God. how to describe. I mean, when you try to describe him to somebody, it's like imagine the smartest guy you know and the most aggressive, and he's also like a general patent in a way, but he also loves you. I don't know. Right, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I got, I got, I'm looking over here at these VHS tapes that I still haven't gotten rid of of Don Meyer. Oh, of them. And I got blue and purple sheets. Thirty of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you got all this stuff. He was. He was Mr. Information. He would have died in the web. If it had been the web would have been around when he, he would have, like, it would have been too much for him. Yeah, he's the only guy I knew. Like, he'd be at practice, and he had a, uh, one of the, he had a voice recorder, too. He would right. hold it up to he – he would talk to himself during practice and then go listen to himself. I mean, he, uh, he was really uh, – he was a great coach, though. He was a yeah. guy that if I had a conversation, I would still – I think you could learn from. I think so, too. Do you have any superstitions? Uh, I can't, 
Well, I tell you what, one is it's kind of, I don't know if it's a superstition, but anytime I had a new job, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you seen Hoosiers before? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he says uh, he walks out on his first new job and he says, welcome to Indiana basketball. Yeah. I say that same thing every time I, I cause I've had like nine jobs. Every time I have a, the first game at home that we walk out into the, in the tunnel, I don't care where you're at. Right. It's a special feeling. I, I mean, it really is. It's it all is. the work and it's, it's, you know, it's like your time to shine. And I always say that it's so funny walking through the door. I always said, uh, I just, I guess it's a superstition. It's always been lucky for me, but welcome to Indiana basketball. Even if I'm in, if I'm in Florida, but it doesn't just, matter. Yeah. I guess it's a superstition, but it just reminds me, you know, of all the great times that I had and, and that kind of thing. So. Okay. So I'm, I know the answer to part of this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because I ask everybody, if you could run one offense and one defense for an entire game, what would it be? So I'm guessing well, it would be Princeton. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I do, I do love the Princeton. I, it, depend, it would depend on what level. I really like what Golden State does and the motion and stuff in San Antonio. I've really – like if I if I was at a higher level, right? I mean, I think the Princeton. Um, if I was in high school, yeah, and uh, I think the Princeton with more transition. Okay. I've been working on, a, a, you know, there's ways the NBA doesn't get transition. But okay. one defense, I mean, I think if you do a good job of it, I think man to man defense. I mean, uh, I, high school I've, kids don't adjust though. That's the I change defenses. I didn't last year because we couldn't. I mean, we didn't need to, but kids. High school kids don't adjust to change well. That's why I think sometimes – That's true. No, I, and I think that's Hubie Brown uh, philosophy. I was thinking if I was coaching – like, I always wanted my base to be that. And I played right. a 1-3-1. I played a matchup. But I always had to come back to and – and it's sort of a, a packed defense in a way. It's, a, you know, and because in high school, it, there's no reason to create offense for the other team because you're trying to get a steal and gambling. Right. Right. Because most of the time, if you get a hand up and box out and you're not out of position, you'll win the day on those possessions. If you're you back win on most, the, yeah, you'll win yeah, most of so. them. Um, if you could change one thing about basketball, what would it be? What level? Doesn't matter. At the NBA level, it's it's not even it's it's entertainment now. I think uh, it's a it's a hard thing. It's the highest level of basketball with the you know the the uh, most talented players athletically, but some of the things they do with the ball now, it's yeah, you can't do that in high school. Some of the ways they set like watch a ball screen, it's like a mugging. They go and lift the, they they move all the screeners are constantly moving and roll. And I I think I would make it more physical on the ball, so guys would actually have to learn how to make a shot challenged instead right. of just running downhill all day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a different game now. I, I think, think the courts, and I've said this on other podcasts. I think the courts too small for the NBA guys. I think yeah. the, for the NBA guys, I, and I think the basket needs to go up. I mean, really? Oh, these guys aren't normal. That's true. They're not. I mean, Wesley six four. Wesley six four. Steph Curry six three, and they look like little boys out there. Yeah, that, that is true. They look. Even, even hurt my heart though. If I, you know, if you move the rim up too much, I couldn't touch it. I would feel. I know. Bad. I mean, I, I, and I'm not saying necessarily move it up, but it, I know it, what you're saying. They're not, they're not normal. But isn't it weird? Like, I think it should be a little more physical at the NBA level, a little less physical at the high school and college level. And that, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
freedom yeah. of movement. That they always say that. Did they, they tell you that? Yeah, hey, this yeah. year, guys, we're going to call the hand check. Yeah, yeah they we're say gonna, that at the beginning you know, of the year. Can't bump them through the lane, yeah. and then in, and then you get the tournament play, and it's like you know. No blood, no foul, but you know what I mean? It's right. like, that's probably what I, I would change. Okay. All right. So I'm going to do rapid fire. So these are going to be quick questions and you just got to give me your, the first thing that jumps in your head. Okay. What's your favorite basketball? Uh, with the old Baden ones. Oh, really? Yeah. You I might be the first, per, you might be the first person to say that. I grew up with that. So, okay. All right. I like the rock now, but we don't use it. I, we use Spalding, but I mean, all um, those. Yeah, it's a, it, that's what they use at the state tournament. So we use what they use at the state tournament. All right, one word to describe your ideal player toughness. Toughness. Okay. Uh, one sporting event you could go to game seven, NBA finals. Mm, that's two in a row on that one. Um, uh, favorite pregame meal? I don't eat a lot pregame. I eat. I, I don't really eat much that day. I eat after the game, so. <laughs> I, I always tell my guys it's better to be a little hungry than too full when you play. Yeah, I just – I can't I, – I don't know. I I never find – I probably eat a cheeseburger two seconds, like, after school, and then I'm focused on the Done. game. Okay. Uh, one thing you do to relax. To relax? Oh, man. I don't know. I like to – I think I, these podcasts, I like to try to write the books. I read about basketball or watch it at some uh, – you know, I, I guess that's relaxing with the basketball. Um, you know, I used to, uh, you know, go fishing, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I but, used to fish in golf, too, before I coached. And I yeah. To do those. All right, uh, best basketball player you have seen in person? Well, Michael Jordan. I got to see him uh, once in person. But um, if you're going to count who I played against, I would say Damian Fishback. He ended up playing at Auburn. Right. He was a beast. He's a beast. <laughs> all right, best player of all time? Michael Jordan. Okay. He's, he's got like 97%. Not sure why I ask that question anymore. I don't mind you asking. Uh, it could be an interesting debate if somebody said something different. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, one thing that helped you become a better coach? Studying, learning, contacting other coaches. Okay. Uh, best game you have seen in person? The 2011 double overtime state championship that we won. There you go. Mine, was, mine is we won in triple overtime. State finals. <laughs> it's crazy. Kid called a timeout and didn't have one. A Weber thing happened in the second overtime. It wasn't my kid. Thank right. Goodness. All right. One word to describe your coaching style. I'd say fun. Okay. Uh, one book you would recommend. You can recommend your own. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, mine are more. Mine are more focused on a coach that wants to like learn a play style. Right. But I think as a coach, I think Leading from the Heart by Coach K is a great book. Ooh, that's, on, think, that's on the shelf back here. Hey, when I, always, Brian, I, always say this, I always do this one stuff. Yeah, from Dick Davinzio. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good one, especially for kids. More for I mean, it, it teaches you kind of. I've like read what? some of his. Uh, I tell you what, um, it's a football book. When pride still mattered, about Ooh. Vince Lombardi. How have I not read that one? Okay. Yeah, Marinus David Marin. There, it's a great book. It tells yeah. about. If you're a coach and you want to learn, like, this guy, you know, what he did, and he kept it simple. He didn't always pick something new. He was just going to run sweep and be great at it. And it, it, it's just amazing if the book is. so. Yep. Um, one thing you would tell a young coach. Okay, coach this job the way that you were going to be coaching. Ooh, that's good. I like that. All right, anything else, coach? So, well, are all your books available? Yeah, yeah, all of them are available. I mean, uh, coachtheforce.com, I always just put my new books there. Okay. Um, I just, 
like I said, if you sign up, I have a newsletter that I send out. Like I don't spam. I send anytime I have a new book, I'll send it to the people that signed up for it and they can get it free. So, I mean, it's, you know, I just put new books out all the time. So guys, you're, where do you get all this time? Do you sleep? Not a lot. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I have, I've just got this bug. I, there's 10 books that I want to do and I know what they are. And okay. when I get that done, I'll be, I'll be okay. You'll I'm be good. Three, I'm, I'm on four right now. So. All right. All right. Well, thank you for, thank you for being on. I really appreciate this. It, I mean, I can always tell when it's a good one when, when I'm looking up and it's like going, holy crud, we've just been talking for an hour about hoops. So I really appreciate you being on. Um, and I'll put all the stuff in show notes in the bottom for everybody that needs it. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Yep. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. Make sure you leave a review down below. Um, we really do appreciate those no matter where you listen. Go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I know you want to become a better basketball coach. And, again, if you're let, maybe you're done with podcasts, you're going shopping now, go down and click on our Amazon link and uh, do some shopping. That would We would really appreciate that. All right. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.